Dearly Father, again, we thank you for this great opportunity. We thank you for the blessing. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. And we appreciate you gracing us with your spirit. Uh, we thank you for choosing us to share your gospel message. We ask that someone uh, receive this and let it be transformational in their life. But we also want to give those who have given their life to you more power to be able to fend off the demonic forces that come into their life to try to destroy them. More than anything else, we want you to empower them with the spirit to help transform others' lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. First of all, I want to say again, thank you all so much uh, for just being such an amazing people and uh, always uh, walking with the Lord. Sometimes it becomes very challenging, but I want you to know God loves you and he appreciates everything you do and he knows what you're doing. Uh, Brother Dennis, thank you for that devotional today. Uh, it says a whole lot. I want to, um, the, the title of our sermon today is Save to Serve. Everybody say Save to Serve. So I want all the young people, particularly all the young people to understand it's important because you have a responsibility as well when you go to school every day. God saved you, but he didn't save you just for you. He really saved you to serve. The kingdom of God is really about us coming together, man, doing kingdom work to help transform the lives of people. So many people are far from God, and God has given you his Holy Spirit so you can share his gospel message with them so their lives can be changed. He's not asking you to change it. He's asking you to let him do it, but let him be in your life and work through you. The girl in the burgundy, I know her with the dimples, the pretty. Yeah, she's smiling back there. It's nice to see you, sweetheart. Yeah, man, that's a really surprise, right? Man, pleasant. So I, I want you to think about this. God loved you despite where you were. God loved you despite where you were. So God arrested you, right? Wherever you are, when you were out there in sin, God arrested you, right? Uh, I, uh, I want you to think about a jeweler. A jeweler, whenever he wants to show the brilliance and the value of a diamond, he always have a black cloth. So he had this black cloth, and he put this black cloth down for those who own a diamond or anything like that. So when this jeweler wants you to buy this diamond, and he wants to show you how bright and brilliant it is, he put it on a black cloth. And something about that black cloth, it makes the brilliance of the diamond show up, right? And then, uh, and then you see it, and you get excited, and then you spend more money than you can afford to spend, right? You're so excited, you say, I, I really want this here. But Paul, when Paul was writing to the church of Ephesians, he wanted us to see in the Ephesian church to see how dark sin is in our life. So he wanted to show the diamond or the glitterance or uh, the brilliance of salvation against sin. All right? And what sin does. So he wrote in Ephesians about that. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about out of Romans and Ephesians. All right? So uh, I, I, I mentioned is, is to know. Everybody say get to know who Jesus is. Grow and then go. Now, that's important when we talk about our message about serving God's children. And so when God saved us, he wanted, so he wanted us to get to know who Christ is. He wanted every one of us 
before you go anywhere, I need you to have a personal relationship with Christ. He wanted you to know, so he gave you his Holy Spirit, man, so you have a greater understanding of who Jesus is, right? And then he told us, he said, I want you guys to learn, be disciples and learn, because you can't be a disciple unless you know who you're following, right? So he wanted us to learn and study the word of God, man, so we can know who Jesus is, right? And after we know that, then he said, now that you know, now I know you love him and now you know, he said, now I want you to go and I want you to serve God's people. Everybody said serve God's people. So he wants you to know who he is, he wants you to grow, and then he wants you to go serve. So he really saved you to really serve, right? And he really wants you to let the world know I was a nobody and God made me somebody. Right? I know you're looking at me and you think I'm all of this, but I want you to know, man, I was really nothing. And then God came into my life and he made you think I'm somebody. That's what, the, that's what he'll do. His grace and his mercy is so amazing. He took a sinner like me who was out there doing stuff, man, had no business doing. I remember stealing hubcaps off cars when I was little and, and all these kind of crazy things. And he saved me, gave me his Holy Spirit and transformed my life in such a way that he gave me the blessing, man, to be able to share the gospel message with someone else. So the congregation is full, man, because of what God did for me. Because he blessed me, right? But he did the same for you. And he wants you to know that he loved you. Now, I want to talk to you, man, about your sin nature, right? And so when God saved you to serve, your sin nature is there, and it's the nature you had before you accepted Christ. So when I talk to you all about Maddie, and I say, when she's ready to go, she's the old Maddie is going to be dead, and when she raises up out the water, she's going to be a new creature, right? Now, what it said is I am no longer allowing my nature that I had before I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ to control my life. I'm no longer going to let that thing control me. So it's trying to destroy me, but God says, no, I saved you, and I really took you out of that life, and I want the world to see how brilliant you are and how brilliant I am, and look at the work we can do. And sometimes you don't even know how to express it. All you got to know is be it. So he says, let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works and then glorify God. Because when he saved you, he cleaned you up. Some of us was out there, we, was, we were in bad shape. Some of us was dressed real nice. We had nice clothes. We had nice cars. We had bank accounts. We had a whole lot of stuff, man. But we was so far in sin, we thought it was about us. And then we realized, man, one day something happened, man. And it really wasn't about us, man. We got on our knees and said, God, please save me. If you can help me out of this situation, how many people ever said that? Lord, don't raise your hand because I don't want anybody to know your business, right? Lord, if you get me out of this one, I promise you, I won't go back, right? And here's the crazy thing. You're here and God got you out of it. He, he saved you and he saved you, but he, he didn't just save you, man, so you can say, Lord, thank you. He didn't save you so you can say, Lord, I praise you and I magnify you every day and I got this great life with you and I just want you to know I love you so much and I'm going to devote my life to you and I'm going to keep on praising you and every morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to say thank you. He said, no, I didn't. He said, I, th I appreciate that, but I really want to give you the power to go tell somebody else how good I am. He said, I want you to tell somebody about me. You can't change it. I know you know they're in trouble. He said, but I want you to give someone your testimony that I still live. And I, I know he's alive. He said, how you know? Because look at me. What I used to do, I don't do no more. What I used to be, I'm not that anymore. 
the things I used to want to do so bad, I have no desire to do it anymore. That's what the kingdom is all about. So God saved you so you can go tell somebody how awesome you are. I, I had a conversation with a young man, and I was talking to him about, I said, be careful, man. Be careful because Satan and Mr. Ron tricked you into selling drugs again. The young man told me, he says, I promise you that won't happen. He said, I promise you that will not happen. Well, you can't make that testimony. You can't even make that statement that God is working with on the inside of you. Because Satan is coming at you every second trying to get you to do stuff, man, that will destroy your life and your family. Want to de destroy your friendship, your relationship, everything. That's what he's doing every hour on hour. He's doing that. He said, because I come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Because we need to change this word. We need to change it because friends, who we think are friends, are sometimes influenced by Satan. And you know it because they told you, girl, go ahead and try it. It'll make you feel better. And, and, and you know before you try it, it won't make you feel better. You know, it, it'll be all right just, just one time. Because that's what Satan, he want to get you tricked. But God saved you. And the, and the Holy Spirit inside of you is telling you, I got you. Don't do it. All right? Raise your hand. At this time, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if God told you don't do it one time in some matter. He said, I'm, I'm there. And somebody thought God wasn't in your life. But he said, I got you. Don't do it. Satan is trying to get you. He said, I'm roaring. I'm a roaring. I'm a roaring lion seeking whom I may devour. And God said, have you considered? My servant, because I promise you, they will not turn. Say, so you're a lie. I, I'm telling you what they'll do. He'll turn. You just think they go to church. They just go. They just a show. He said, we're trying. And Satan came in. He, did, he threw everything he had at you, and he didn't succeed. <laughs> Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the what? In the world. Amen? In Romans chapter 6 and verse 11 and 12, uh, before I on the scripture, I checked it this time, Mark. I think I got it right. Right. Last week I made a mistake, and I did First uh, uh, John twice, and it should have been First Peter, uh, five and eight, eight through nine, and I messed it up, so I screwed up. And I love Margaret. Margaret is my right hand. She called me up after Ardina slapped me. Margaret called me up and said, "Pastor, did you know your scripture was wrong on the board last?" I said, "They didn't know because they didn't even look. They just believed me." <laughs> and uh, before I go further. That's important. Here's why it's important. That's why I tell you guys all the time, man. Bring your Bibles, your phones, whatever. Because sometimes, man, I may put a slide together, and I may duplicate it, and I may put the wrong thing. And you get something, you call, I'm telling you what Pastor said, and it was in First John. And I'm telling you, go to First John. They said, it ain't in First John. You're alive because my pastor said it. <laughs> then you called me, and I'm saying, yeah, uh, no, it's not. In, but you had it on the screen. Well, it was a human error. Right. So always take your Bible and then follow the scripture. In case it's wrong, you can go Google it and make it right. Amen? Amen. And I make that mistake sometimes. But here, watch Paul when he writes to the church of Rome. And I'm going to be out of here, y'all. I promise you. It's 1250. I'm going to be out of here at 1. Well, it's really 1150. Okay, we good. I'm good now. So I got about 45 more minutes. Okay, now, here we go. I'm, I'm just, man, I only got about 15 minutes. Here we go. So Romans chapter 6. Listen to Paul very carefully. He says, so you, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to, I want you to know who you are. 
He said, and consider this. When Satan is coming at you and trying to get you to do something, remember, man, that sin, that's dead. Whenever something is dead, it has no life. Right? Uh, that thing is no longer control you anymore. Once you accept the Christ, that thing no longer has power over your life. God gave you another power source. Then he goes and says, do not let sin, and I put nature behind it. The scripture doesn't say nature, but he's talking about your sin nature. Right? He said, do not let your sin nature control the way you live. Don't let the nature that you had before you came to Christ, man, run your life. Because it will come back, once you accept Christ, it will come back into your life. And you, have, you ever have somebody, you say, I'm done with them. I'm absolutely done. They better not call me when they call you. You say, okay, just one more time. Right? You, know, you, know, you know I didn't mean that. And God told you, stay away from them. They don't mean you no good. You just, I, I believe you. I know they won't. And everybody tells that's that's what happened. That's what the sin nature do. It'll make you go back to something that you know felt good. And you say, man, I'm stressed out. I'm depressed. I was watching this movie called The Loser last night uh, on Netflix, and the girl was about a fighter, and this one girl had quit drinking and, and all this kind of stuff. She said, I love life more than alcohol. But when she found out the woman didn't want her, then guess what she did? She got the bottle, she went out, and she started drinking again. What Satan to do is make you go back and do what you used to do. He'll let, it seems like stress will come on your life, and he'll come back, and he'll try to take control of you. But he don't want you to serve God, because he knows that there are people out there, you don't realize it, but somebody's always watching you. Some, somebody, they may not say anything, but they want to say, man, I, I love the Lord. And they come to church, man, just to see you, because you give them life. They may not ever say anything to you. That's why when I said we, we, we quit hugging all that, as soon as I said, no, get up and go, everybody's face just lit up. There was so much energy in the room, man, because people miss that, right? They, they want to go, and they want to get somebody to high-five. They want to say, man, I'm so glad to see you. I'm excited. Where you been? Right? I, I drew a lot of strength from you, right? You don't realize who you are and what you bring to the table, right? God saved you, man, so you can help give life to other people. That's why you can't stay at home. You say, well, I'm tired. You don't realize when you stay at home and you're tired, man, somebody else suffer, man, because they needed you. They can't, they say, I'm coming to church, man, because so-and-so going to be there. And they know you're going to give them life. So you, you got to understand what you're dealing with. So your sin nature would take you and try to get you to go back and pull away from God and go back and do what you used to do. But I'm no longer that person anymore. I'm not stew man anymore. Some people call me Pastor Stewman. They call me Pastor Stewman, Tasha, because they just don't want to let Stewman go. All right? And some people, all they remember is Stewman. They haven't been around, and someone said, "Stew man, you the pastor, Stew man? You know what, what church God gave you? You know what I'm saying? And then, I, then when they do that, I call my brother Earl. Earl said, "Leave my pastor brother alone. He won't cuss you out, but I will." Amen. So he gonna get me out the church. He's I'm always messing with, right? Now, so that's my brother, but he'll fight a, a, a flea for me, right? So, now watch. So, then, then Paul jumps over into Ephesians. And I'm about to wrap this thing up in about 10 minutes. Paul jumps over into Ephesians, and he's talking to the church of Ephesus, Camelo. And he says, once you were dead. Now, he said, once you were. Everybody said were. Now, remember, he, he let them know, man, who you was before you accepted Jesus Christ. I'm not what I used to be. I want you to get this here. You're not what you used to be. He says, you're not. He said, you were, were dead because of your disobedience. And your many sins. 
Now, if you have the NIV version of the King James, it says, because you're trespassing. When it, the trespassing, when I disobey, I know what God says. He told me not to do it, but I allowed my sin nature to have me rebel against God and his work. And here's the thing. Because I accepted him in my life, he knew that Satan was trying to control you. It's almost like that was the graveyard, right? The graveyard of disobedience and sin. And that thing tried to hold you down. So Paul had to call a coroner's report and then talk about what is that thing holding you down. He says, the world holding me down. Everybody say the world. The world. The world is t- he said, not only the world, in chapter 3, he said, and the devil. Right? So the world is coming at you because it's controlled by Satan. And then it's your self. It's your flesh. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So he says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin. Everybody say used to. I ain't what I used to be, right? He says, just like the rest of the world, he says, obeying the devil. You were just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. And I'm talking to you because he's trying to get you to go back, right? He says, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Who is the commander of the powers? He says, Satan is the commander and the power source in the unseen world. And he's sitting there, man, all this is, man, dropping these spirits down, man, trying to get you to walk contrary to God's word. But he's a liar in the pit of hell. Right? And then he goes on and says, he is the spirit. Flurry. Now, I want you to watch. Don't you miss this. He said, he is the spirit at work. Right? In the heart of those who refuse to what? Obey God. He's a spirit. He's a spirit that works in the heart of people. He gets inside of you and try to work through you. Right? And he's telling you that he, he's still working with people in the world, but I save you so you can deal with them. That's what Jesus said. I save you. Paul, you know, he said, I know, but I need you on this team, this dream team, to help us deal with him. Because I want you to know, just like you was out there, somebody was praying for you. Hey, it was a whole lot of grandmamas and mamas and, and aunts and sisters and school teachers and everybody praying for you. I prayed for a lot of kids in the school. They had no idea. They would walk past me, man, and I would touch them on the shoulder. They thought I was just saying, I said, hey, how you doing? They knew I was praying for them the whole time. I said, God, I bind that demonic spirit that come and try to take over this kid's body. I bind him in the name of Jesus. right? Because I know that spirit would get in somebody, and then they'll be what they're not. Right? So he get in and try to give power to your sin nature so you can operate against God. He said, you used to be like that. Now, why is he Because I want you to save some other people. He said, now, I, I want to digress a little bit. I want you to say this. It's important. So as you encounter other people that you know is contrary to God and they're not right, you ought to clap your hand and stomp your feet, get up and dance and shout. Because this is my opportunity to show you a God that transforms life. So God is going to always put you in front of somebody, man, who don't know who Jesus is. And then instead of you talking about, I can't believe they like that. They need to get there like they need Jesus. You're right. That's why God put them in your path. That's why he said he know they need Jesus. He, he know they need him. He know they can't operate right. So he sent you in the same class. Uh, Johnny Bankhead stopped him off today, and he had a testimony. He said, Pastor, he said, man, something happened today. He said, I don't know why I went to West Coast. He said, I have no idea. He said, but I went to West Coast, and when I got there, there was a man who just had a major surgery. He can barely make it out. 
he was ready to walk out the door. He said he almost fell, and I had to grab him and take him to his car, and then I had to pump his gas. Right? He said, man, isn't God amazing? That man had no idea, man, that God was watching over him. He had no God already had an angel right there. So he probably was struggling. I don't know how I'm going to get to the store. I don't know where I'm going to get. And he got this. I'm struggling with it. But God, you just, you just go. I got you when you get there. Because I have an angel waiting on you. You're not going to fall. I promise you, you won't fall. Right? And so it's important. And we're going to run into people that's crippled in life. Some people that's fallen. Some people that have some, some spiritual surgery. They seem like, man, they, they need something real bad. And, and what they need, they need a medicine, man, to transform lives. And I got the best antidote. I can give them Jesus, and I promise you, and you might be like me. Never the same. What I used to be, I ain't no more. Won't he do it? Ah, uh, don't mess with me. So, so, so Paul is telling him about that spirit that's working there. Now, now listen to what he says in this, in this verse right here. Right now, now, now see, there, there we go again. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Right? Their minds are full of darkness. Everybody said darkness. They wander far from the life of God, gives, uh, the life God gives because they, they close their minds and harden their hearts against him. Look at verse 9. They used to, everybody say used to. Right? They, they have no sense of shame. The reason I'm saying used to because you're going to change them. You're going to give them Jesus and it's going to change their life. You're going to share the gospel with them and you're going to change their life. So Paul is telling you about them. He says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Who are you talking about? The people in the world. So here's the thing. God saved you to save them. Everybody, God saved me to help save them. Now, I want you to understand something. Now, he, 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 when I'm reading this here, I said, man, Paul, what a beautiful picture of the world. And, man, it seemed like they're out there. And I think about all the people that used to be messed up and screwed up and jacked up and crazy and all this shit. And then I said, God, did you really, did you really save them? Wow. He said, yeah. He said, didn't I save you? He said, didn't I save you? He said, I just want you to remember when you was here, I was there. When they said you couldn't do this, I was there. When they told you you weren't going to be this, I was there. When they said you couldn't have this, I was there. When Ardina came along in my life, they said, I cannot believe that she dated him. And six months later, God said, yes, I gave it to you. That was me. And now she with me for six, 36 years. Now, now if, if you talk to people that know us, they said, how in the world did she marry Stu, man? Ken, Stu, man. Right? right, right. But Stu, man, man, wasn't the same Stu, man. Because when I gave my life to God, he said, now watch me work for you. That's how you got to be, man, as you interact with other people. So when Paul is talking to them about these different issues, he's telling them, and I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to read this verse 3, and I'm going to wrap this thing up in about five minutes. Here we say, all of us, everybody say all of us, used to live that way, right? Following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Let me pause. God is so rich in mercy. 
Let me say it again. God is so rich in mercy. So when you think you're better than and you don't want to testify, you want to tell it because you're so good and now you got a nice job and God bless you with a beautiful family and, and everything's good. I want you to understand something. It was only because of God's mercy because you know you didn't deserve it. If God had exposed you, if God had pulled the blanket off you, man, she would been gone a long time ago. He would have been gone a long time ago. You would have lost your job a long time ago. You said some things in a meeting, man, but nobody, you thought nobody knew it because that was your friend. You said some things, if, if they had exposed you, you'd be fired today. That's, what you, that's how you used to be. But when God came into your life, he changed you. Now, this is important. I want you to understand this, man, as I wrap this up. It was God's mercy. It was God. Listen, I deserved it, but God says not so. You know, I, I, I share um, my, my son's situation, and, and I was in the courtroom, and I'll never forget all days of my life. And we was looking. He knew it. He knew he was dead in water. And he knew he's, it's, four, it's four years to 13. He gave us dead in the water. We, we knew it, right? And uh, we, where do we go, right? And I had heard, Margaret, the testimony that he'd be a lawyer in the courtroom. And I heard him say, man, I've never seen the right people say, you know, Steve Bieber. And he told me, man, if I gave his, my life to him, he said, I got you. And they just go in the courtroom, and the judge looked at me and asked me, was I his father? And I told him, yes. Then they gave him four months. Now, now when I say he's a lawyer in the courtroom, right, uh, I know what I used to be. And if I had been like that then, uh, my, God blessed my son. But I think when I gave my life to God, I saved my son. That's what happens, man, when you give your life to God. He'll step in and intervene when, when everybody else says, over. Oh, God says, I got you. He said, now let me show you what my mercy looked like. So when you see another kid's son and you think they deserve to remember yours, because we often forget and we think, oh, not mine. But you know, I wish, uh, listen, raise your hand if you went to college. No, stand up if you went to college. Stand up. Stand up if you went to college. Turn around and look. Turn around. Every one of them did some stupid stuff in college. These are the college graduates, y'all. These are the ones that went to college. Bro, bro Foster, we can't tell it all, can we? Just can't tell it all. We did some things. I would care if you went to a Christian college, a Bible college, or you went to USC or Michigan, Grand Valley, Western. We did some stupid stuff. It was on the prayers of our parents and the life of our parents that God brought us through. And so when you think and you run into some people with things going on in their life, I want you to go back to the dime when you was in college when you took something and you was praying God and didn't kill you. Or you did something, you praying to God, you didn't get pregnant. You said, Lord, please, I, I, I ain't have my period, but please, God. Just one more. Everybody let it say, I remember that story. Right? And God saved you. You're like, thank you, Jesus. Right? What did he do? That girl back there laughing. She's like, whoo, Jesus. I, God, you've been good to me. Right? Here's the thing that's important. And God, listen, God had mercy on you. He had mercy. He, he, he saved the shame of your family. He saved your name. 
you made a promise, God, if you get me out of this one, it won't happen again. And you messed up and did it again. And then God said, but my grace and mercy. And, and here's how you know it, because you're here today. Then he says this, and he loved us so much. He loved us so much. Everybody so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus Christ from the grave. God knew. He said, I got to do something for them. And then he raised Jesus from the dead and gave us relationship with him. And because Jesus died and rose again, he went back to the Father and said, listen, Father, I want you to understand something. I lived with them, and some of the stuff they was tempted with is just too much. Lord, they gave you life, and some of them they trying to live, but Satan keep attacking them. He said, I know. They're having a meeting. He said, I know. You know, he came here talking to us while we were talking to some of the other angels. And I asked him where he'd been. He said, walking to and fro, seeking whom under. He said, so I know what he's doing. He said, don't worry, son. I got him. Did they accept you? He said, yeah. He said, well, I got him. He said, I got him. He said, he said thank you, daddy. He said, I appreciate it because they love you with all their heart. And sometimes they get weak. He said, I know it. He said, but my grace and mercy is sufficient. So he did it for you so you can help do it for somebody else. There's nothing greater, and I'm done. There's nothing greater than when I'm in trouble, Sister Norman, and, my, and I'm down and out, and I know I messed up. And somebody put their arm around me and said, baby, it's going to be all right. Son, don't worry, it's gonna be, I know it's tough right now. I know what you did. I promise you, man, God got you. We praying for you. Boy, listen, I can come to church with my head up because I didn't know which way to turn. It's people that came to church. They don't, have, they don't know what to do. They went everywhere. Things are going so bad. They, I don't know what to do. Says the only body I know is God. So they come. When they come, it's so important when they walk through the door that you give them a hug, because that hug gives them life. And they say, "Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I came." And so, and I'm gonna wrap this thing up with this verse right here. Finish it. He said that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised up Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You're not going to make me doubt him. You're not going to make me walk away from him, Dale. I don't care what you say. I know too much about him. I know what he did for me. I am what I am because of him. I don't care who you bring. I don't care what doctrine you bring. I don't care what you read. I know what Jesus is to me. And listen, and if you know like I know, you will want the same Christ that I have. Because there's none like him. There's none. Listen, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all we can ever ask for or think about doing. He said, I got you. Right? And, and I want you to know, man, that God loves you more than life itself. I want to say it again. God loves you more than life itself. He gave his son for you. He said, I'm willing to sacrifice my son for you. That's how much I love you. 
He said, now you think I'm not going to be there for you? Right? He said, now you think I'm not going to be there for them? I want to do for them what I did for you. So do me a favor. Be Jesus with skin. Everybody get a little hand clap. Everybody stand to your feet. I want you to think about, I want you to think in your mind of someone in your life. They don't even have to be a close friend. They can be a co-worker you don't even talk to. You've just been watching them. I want you to think about somebody that you know is far from God. You know if they had a relationship with Jesus, it would make a difference. I want you to think about them. I want us to bow our heads. And I want us to pray for that person that God put on our mind and our heart. We want to pray that Jesus would come into their life and that he would bring his presence in their life. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this great opportunity to be a servant. I thank you for saving us to help serve humanity. Thank you for the love that you gave us. Thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, we want to pray right now for that person who we know is far from you, who know if they had you, their life would be changed. They'd be transformed. They'd be a better person. They may be going through mental issues. They may be going through divorce. They may be going through a rape situation or going through something, but they need you. We pray right now for healing and deliverance. And Lord, we ask you to let us let your love shine through us so the world may know that you are real. We thank you. We love you. We praise you and magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remain standing. The altar is open for anyone in one prayer who wants someone to pray with you. But if you're a new member for the first, is anybody here? Do we have any first-time guests? Yeah. The first, yeah, good. I need to see the first-time guests in the conference room for a second. All right, they're going to take you in there. All right. Uh, and so uh, we want our prayer warriors up front uh, for those, if somebody wants prayer. Uh, you know how we give. Thank you guys for the way you give. You guys have been so, so amazing in your giving. I can't thank you enough. Just keep on doing what you're doing. You can give by Giveify. You can give online. You can write your check for those who are first time doing whatever. Whatever you donate to us, we use to help build the kingdom. Continue to pay your tithes and offerings. We do the work we do because of what you do. Amen? So the, the, the offering box is on its way out. You can give. You can just give online. Uh, you can get Cash App. You can give Cash App for all the kids who have Cash App. You can Cash App your $2. That may be $100 to you if, you if you're four years old. Lord, bless the offering, bless those who have given, those who not. For those who come to the altar of prayer, we pray that they feel your presence, that they have a desire to make a commitment to you and love you. Thank you for everything you do. We love you so much. And as we leave this place, but never your presence, we pray that your spirit be with them, and then they go and they be intentional about touching the lives of people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.